worthy degrees in heaven. How many of you have degrees of some kind? Can I see your hands? You got a master's, a bachelor's, associates. All right, hands down. I have a couple of them and I paid for them. So they're mine. Are there degrees in heaven? Now the subject is extremely serious. And I must be able to depend on your maturity to take it right between the eyes. Can I do that? All right. In the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 10, reading verse 37, and I'll let you out at 10 minutes to 1, for those of you who are here for the first time, and I will say more on the subject this evening when I have a little more time. Matthew, chapter 10, reading verse 37. Jesus is speaking, and he says, He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Jesus, being God, clearly is calling for us to love him, to love the father. To love God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, more than we love anyone else. There must be a clear and a sharp distinction between our love horizontally and our love vertically. Now, each expression of love must be pure, but one must be more intense than the other. Our love for God must be unmistakably greater than our love for friends family, yea, spouses. That's Jesus, not me, saying that. Now, the wording of this same statement in the book of Luke is even more severe. Let's go to Luke chapter 14, reading verse 26 as we continue, are there degrees in heaven? Luke chapter 14, reading verse 26. Luke says, if any man come to me, and love not and hate, he says, father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, yea, his own life also. He is not or he cannot be my disciple. Let me read that again. If any man comes to Jesus and does not hate Father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, the word hate must not be misunderstood. It simply means love less. But I suspect Luke uses the word hate to knock us between the eyes that we may wake up and understand that Jesus wants there to be no confusion. We must love God more than we love anyone else. Hands down, no controversy, no contest, no competition. So there are, in that sense, degrees, yes, in heaven. I'm not talking about academic degrees. I mean degrees of affection. God wants our highest degree of love. Now, there are degrees in the punishment of sinners. In Luke chapter 12, reading from verse 44. Christ is giving a parable of the unfaithful servant who, because his Lord has delayed his coming, becomes irresponsible. 
And the Bible says, But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men's servants and the maidens, and to eat and drink and be drunkard, the Lord of that servant will come in an hour when, in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him asunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Next verse says, And that servant which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with how many stripes? Many stripes. Next verse. But he that which knew not, but did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with how many stripes? Few stripes. Now stripes there refers to the final punishment. God is saying, Jesus is saying, in the judgment, when people are punished, some will be punished more severely than others. Now all sinners will be destroyed. That's common to all. But the degree of suffering before you're finally vanquished off the face of the earth will vary from person to person depending on the degree of sinfulness of our lives. Well, not our lives, the sinners' lives. Let's say we're all God's people. The Bible says in Revelation 22 verse 12, Behold, I come quickly, and my what? Reward. The wages of sin is death, but what comes with eternal life? A gift. There is a gift, which is eternal life for all who are saved, but then there is something called the reward. All saved people receive the gift. Same gift, which is we're saved. Remember the parable Jesus told? The man went into the marketplace looking for workers. He went early in the morning. He said one penny. He went two hours later, one penny. He went a few hours later, one penny. He went the eleventh hour, one penny. Same gift. Salvation. But the rewards we enjoy in the new world varies from person to person based on our degree of faithfulness on this earth. Now, I, won't, I don't have time to go into that. I need to stress that the Bible teaches every man and woman is, record, is rewarded individually. And the reward is different from the gift. The gift, I say, is salvation. The reward refers to all the, all the, the, the privileges that come with living in heaven, they will vary from person to person based on how faithful we have been down here. Of course, my favorite writer, Ellen White, says, whatever our reward is, everyone will be satisfied and happy. There are degrees in heaven. Two nights ago, we read about evil spirits. In uh, Luke chapter 11, I think it is verses 24 to 26. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places looking for rest, and findeth none, he saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh to himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. There are degrees of wickedness among the inhabitants of the kingdoms of darkness. That's biblical teaching. Now let's go back to our original uh, introduction. God desires there to be degrees in the amount of love we show between Him and between our fellow men. We must love Him more. Now, in Mark chapter 12, reading from verse 28. It's now 22 minutes after 12. We have about 28 minutes left, I believe. Mark chapter 12, reading from verse 28. And one of the scribes came 
And having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? What he means by first is the foremost. That's the question the scribe is asking Jesus. Jesus responds immediately. The first of all the commandments, or the foremost, is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And the second commandment is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus says, The foremost, love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And the second one is, love your neighbor as yourself. This is consistent with what Jesus says in Matthew, uh, Matthew, uh, Luke 14, 26. If you come to me, you've got to love me more than father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, more than your very own life. Now, in Matthew 22, from verse 34 to 40, we have the similar situation being reported by Matthew. And in verse 36, a scribe said, which is the first commandment in the law, or the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, the first commandment is, thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. That's what Jesus said. At verse 38, Matthew 22. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He said, on these hang all the law and the prophets, meaning every other precept and judgment that we read in the Bible find their meaning in the context of love to God, love to fellow men, meaning the Ten Commandments. Follow me closely. Are there degrees in heaven? When the Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart and soul and mind and might and strength and understanding, it's referring to the first four commandments on one table of the law. Love thy neighbor as thyself refers to the other six, because the ten commandments are divided into two. Love for God, love for your fellow man. And no Bible teacher worth his or her salt has any problem with that. Love for God, love for mankind. Now, we need, not, we need not feel badly if God says, love me more, because the more I love God, the better off you will be. Are you following me? So God has people in mind when he tells people, love me more, because the more I love God, the more I'll respect you. And I'll demonstrate my love to God by how I treat you. So there isn't a clean break between the first four and the last six. Yet, Jesus wants there to be a clear demonstration of our greater love for him than for one another. So that if my mother tells me stop going to church on Sabbath, I say, Mom, I love you with all my heart. I'll die for you now. I'll give you both kidneys if you need them now, or both livers, however many we have. But I must obey God first. Are you listening to me? When the mother of Jesus found him in the temple, Luke chapter 2, verse 48 to 50, she said, Thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Why hast thou thus dealt with us? What are you doing to us? Jesus said, Why are you looking for me? How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be what? About my father's business. He said that to his earthly mother. In other words, my father's business comes ahead of your business. Yet, the chapter ends by saying, he went down to Nazareth and was subject unto them. No disrespect. Let me stress it again. We must love God more than people. And our love for God is expressed in thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That's love to God. We know the other six. Now, I told you I want you to have courage and take this right between the eye. 
Most people worship on Sunday. Am I right? Yes, I am. Why is that? Now, don't answer me. Just think. Why is that? Okay, we'll allow a couple seconds to have that phone put to death. <laughs> and we'll continue. Why is it that most people worship on Sunday? Well, somewhere in history, an attempt was made to change God's law. And I said an attempt. Because to change God's law, you have to go to heaven and change the original. What was in the ark in the wilderness, that was a copy. Copies are, have only limited value. You know that. If you want to sell your house, you better get the original deed. No copy. You want God's law changed, you've got to make the change on the original now. But an attempt was made, and many people follow that attempt. And throughout history, the power uh, accredited with having made that change is the papal power, located in the Vatican. And that has been said numerous times by scholars of that church, that they claim the right, the church claimed the right to make that change, the Catholic Church. Fine. And they regard it as a, par, a mark, a demonstration of the power of the church to decide which day is holy and which day is not by changing a law that God himself made. Now here is the critical and the serious implication of changing God's law. Now follow me closely. Because of those changes made by the papal system, there are two versions of the Ten Commandments. Listen to me carefully. 1228. Is there a camera following me? No? I can move this and I can come down. Is it okay? Yes. All right. This is long enough. Stay right about here. In the Bible, Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5, the first commandment is, let's put it on my right side, the side of power, the side of victory. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. The change version says the same thing. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Ten Commandments in the Bible, the second one says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. And I need to see that clock. That's in the version in the Bible. In this changed version, that commandment does not appear. It's gone. So number two on this version is Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. In the Bible's version, number three is Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. In the changed version, number three is Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. In the Bible's version, number four is Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor my servant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Over here, the changed version, commandment four is, Honor thy father and thy mother. Now let's skip all the way to number 10. Over here, number 10 is, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Over here, number 10 is taken from here and split into 2 and made into 9 and 10. And that's necessary because 2 was taken out from this side. Are you following me? 
So mathematically, we have 10 in the changed version. We have 10 in the original version. But the 10 over here differ from the 10 over there. Because number 2 here is not number 2 there. Number 2 over here is vanished from, num from this version over here. So this is the Catholic version. Not found in the Catholic Bible, but in the Catechism. Because the Catholic instructs you from the Catechism, not from the Bible. Am I being fair so far? All right. Now, what is the big thing about the changes over here? Here's the change. Here's the big thing. What did Jesus say is the first and great commandment? Love God. More than whom? Father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, or your own life. Luke 14, 26. Matthew 10, 37. He that loveth father, mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And Jesus said, the first and great commandment is, thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart and soul and mind. And that is just a summary of the first four. Now, if you look at the man-made version, as it appears in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the first four commandments in their Decalogue, which are reserved, which express love for God alone, that commandment includes a human being. Are you listening to me? Because in their version, number four says what? Honor thy father and thy mother. So Jesus... He could not say, thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart and soul and might and mind. He'd have to change the arrangement of the division of the Decalogue because now there is a human being in the side that's assigned only to God. And Christ is clear, you must love God more than you love human beings. But there's now a human being introduced in the first four. Honor thy father and thy mother. Now the Bible says in Matthew 23 verse 9, and call no man father upon earth. Now Christ means spiritually. Because in the, in the parable of the prodigal son, he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger son said unto his father. So Jesus understands blood relationships. He means spiritually, you have one father. Matthew 23, verse 9, for, that, for you have one father, which is in heaven. Now, what's one of the names of the, the Pope? The what? The Holy Father. Listen to John seventeen eleven. Jesus Christ is praying. And now I'm no more in the world, and these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. We have two holy fathers. The one Jesus prayed to, and the one who sits in the Vatican. He is, as people call him, and I'm using this as a historical reference, the holy father. In that context, Jesus says, Matthew 23, 9, Do not call anyone on this earth father, spiritually speaking. Now, so in this version, we have a human being now. If Jesus were to say, love God more than you love people, with this version that has been changed, what we have there is that this father here is receiving a devotion and a love and affection that only belongs to whom? God. And any man who receives a devotion that only belongs to God must consider himself to be what? God. I don't believe I made it clear. Did I make it clear? 
in this version we have a man who is we have a, a, a man not of God who is a God we have a man who needs to be saved from sin who is a God and now the commandments read in that version thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and that includes a human being listen to me this is more serious than we think Catholic writers have written that the Pope is God on earth I'm not beating any church I'm not doing that I'm really not in the presence of God I say from my heart I am not beating up on a church I'm trying to say what is historical if I say there was a holocaust in World War II do I have anything against Germans? no if I say the US invaded Afghanistan and Iraq do I have something against my own country? no if I say the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor in December 7, 1941 do I have something against Japan? no if I say Jesus cast out the devil a long time ago do I have something against the devil? yes <laughs> yes Great prejudice, yes. But that's an exception. <laughs> oh yes. I don't like him. And so what I'm saying to you from my heart as your brother, and I have a moral responsibility and God expects me to bring this to your attention. It is not a light matter that an attempt has been made to change God's law. And the change was made in a place where a man is now receiving what only God should receive. A man is now part of the first and great commandment. It is no wonder that this man is re regarded as being infallible when he speaks ex cathedra or from his throne. Now did I say yesterday or the day before that when God set up the Ark of the Covenant... He said, put the mercy seat right above the ark, and I, and I will meet with thee from here. This is where I will speak, God said, uh, Exodus 25, verse 22. And from here I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony, of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. God says, when I speak, I will speak ex cathedra from my throne. The Catholic Church says, when the Pope speaks ex-cathedra, he is infallible. Ex-cathedra means he's not taking a shower and then he says something. When he's fully robed and he's officially speaking, he is infallible. Ex-cathedra for him, ex-cathedra for God. And our minds have to be clear and our understanding sharp. Revelation issues a very serious warning. Revelation twenty two eighteen, But I testify unto every man who heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man will add unto this, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written therein. And if any man will take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Meaning, this book. I have told you the law of God is the expression 
of his sacredness, his holiness, his righteousness, his character. I have told you the law of God is the very constitution on which the kingdom of God functions throughout the, the, the unfenced expanse of the universe. I have told you the law of God is the constitution that should operate on this earth because the kingdom of God in you and in me represents an extension of that heavenly kingdom with the same constitution, but the constitution has been changed. And so the second commandment has been removed, not modified, removed. And the power that removed it is represented on the first table of the Decalogue, which represents absolute devotion to God. And that power is personified in the Pope. I say personified. If he passes away, someone takes his place, same thing. So it is a system more than a person. Are you following me? People just come and fit into the system. U.S. democracy is a system. George Bush goes, someone takes his place, then he goes, someone takes his place. You fit into the system, and it is a system that places a man where God ought to be. And that places a man where he ought not to be. The last person, the last created being who tried that was cast down to hell. Isaiah 14, verse 13 and 14. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. The stars of God being more than just the stars that shine. It means all the created beings. That's why at creation the sons of God and the stars shouted together. The morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. That was Lucifer's desire. With all due respect, that is what has been attempted. And millions of people not realizing it are giving a devotion to a human being that belongs only to God. Now of all the Ten Commandments, if I can use the word violent, the most violent is Commandment 2. Listen to 1. So I have nine minutes. Listen to Commandment 1. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Is that violent? No, that's plain, simple. Commandment 3. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. There is some little threat in there, but not very obvious. Commandment 4, remember the Sabbath, fine. Commandment 5, uh, honor thy father and thy mother, fine. 6, thou shalt not kill, that's not violent, that's peace, don't kill. 7, thou shalt not commit adultery. 8, thou shalt not steal. 9, don't bear false witness. 10, don't covet. But listen to 2. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above. Or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a what? Jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers. What does he mean by visiting? Pouring it out on them. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. I'm going to pass it down the line. Why? If you worship any other person beside me. 
And that's the commandment that was taken out. For two reasons. Well, one major reason. In the papal system, the Roman church, images are worshipped. I used to worship them. Because I used to be an acolyte with great pride serving next to the priest as a little boy. I prayed to them. I kissed their feet. But God called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now I kiss the feet of Jesus with great joy. And that foot is warm. There's blood in it that he shed for me. But the church had to remove that commandment in order to permit the worship of images. Now before we sit back smug and say, oh, we don't do that. Yes, we do. Some people set aside God in order to get a man. Some men set aside God in order to get a woman. No difference. You think an idol has to be stone and wood and... and mm -mm. The idol is simply that which comes before God. Some people set aside God because of a career opportunity. Same idol worship. So don't go jumping on the Catholics. Let's jump on one another. <laughs> Some people set aside God to get a degree. I'm going to study on Sabbath. The exam comes on Sabbath. I have spent all these thousands of dollars in intuition. Am I not to take the exam on Sabbath? No, you're not supposed to. Well, I'll take it and then say, I'm sorry. Put in an exam ahead of God, worshiping an idol. Removing the second commandment in order to do whatever it is you and I want to do. Same difference as we say. 12.44, six minutes. The subject is so serious, you notice I haven't shouted at you once. I shout every other night. But I didn't feel the urge to shout. I felt you would be reasonable. And you would just listen. God's commandments are not to be changed. The second was removed in the Catholic Catechism. It doesn't appear in order that idols may be worshipped. The fourth one in God's version was kept with modification, which means it is not the commandment at all. Now, it is number three in the Catholic version, which says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, and that's where it ends. It doesn't say, six days shalt thou labor. That's really where it ends. You keep the Sabbath, yes, but you keep the one the church made, not the one God made. And so by keeping that Sabbath, which is Sunday, you're still worshiping idols because you're putting someone else ahead of God. How many of you, how many of us, accept the words of Jesus? If any man love father and mother more than me, he is not worthy of me. Do you accept that into your heart? Christ must come first. When you and I say, the first commandment is, Thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength, we must not have the Pope in mind. Or the GC President. Or the Dalai Lama. Or whomever. Shiva, Zoroaster, Quetzalcoatl. We must not have these people. We must have only God. Who created heaven and earth. And we must be sure. Because the devil's deception are so subtle. 
He will have you worshiping a man and you don't even know. You don't even know. Because that is what has happened with the change of the ten. The first decalogue that applies to God as far as expression of love in that corrupted version a man is involved and so if you say that based upon that version you're simply saying I love that man as much as I love God that is a tremendous insult to God and he cannot let it pass by I believe you're listening with your heart and your head have three minutes come back tonight I'll say more invite some friends this is very, very serious. And I have one simple appeal for you. You've got to get back to work into classes. How many of you will say, Lord, my eyes have been opened. By your grace, by the power of Jesus Christ, give me the spiritual courage to worship you alone. Stand to your feet. You and you alone. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Loving Father in heaven, we bow in this quiet hour to thank you that you're always eager to open our eyes. Father, the deceptions of the devil are so sophisticated that for many people it is too late before they recognize it. But for us in mercy, you have sent us a message that has opened our eyes. We must love you more than we love anyone else. And that love is expressed in the first four commandments, which does not include a human being, except the God-man Christ, who is both man and God. Lord, if we in any way have put anything or anyone ahead of you, relationships, education, career, we apologize from our hearts. Because we do not want the judgment to be brought upon us and our children expressed in the second commandment. Forgive us, Father, because that is your nature. Grant us the spirit of obedience that Jesus had. Now take us to our responsibilities with the consciousness that we must work in such a way that demonstrates we love you so much we will work faithfully. Grant us traveling mercies and bring us back tonight at the appointed place. I offer this prayer in Jesus' name and for his sake. Let all God's people say, Amen and Amen. God bless you. It's 1249. Travel safely. We shall see you tonight.